there's no children youth class today, so. But I want to start something, a challenge today, before we pray and read the scriptures. I know people don't like to volunteer, but you'll see when we read the passage, there's something in there that, you know, we're going through a season, right? What season is it right now? It's tax season, right? (laughs) And in the text, you're going to see taxes is mentioned, which has nothing to do with paying taxes. But I want to challenge somebody. And you see the title. Everybody say the title together. Image bearers. Now, image, what do you think of when you think of an image? You think of a picture, right? We like to see pictures. Um, I like to see pictures of athletes that I enjoy watching and just to see them in action. But I want, who wants to volunteer for it? I need a volunteer to start this thing off. Who wants to volunteer in church? Oh, nobody does. It's about an image. So who wants to be brave enough to answer an image question? Or I'm going to just call on you. I'm going to call on you. (laughs) Ben, you raised your hand? All right, stand up, Ben Russell, please. Okay, there's a ch- this is a challenge for you, okay? Okay, in my pocket right now, I have a $1 bill, okay? I'm going to pull it out, and I want you to... Do you know the image of the person on a $1 bill, Ben? You don't... I'll get closer to you. You can look at it. Do you know the image... George Is he correct? Is it George Washington? Okay, give Ben Russell a hand. There you go, Ben. So, George Washington, you look at a dollar bill and George Washington's on it, right? Okay, who wants to volunteer next? All right, nobody? Who wants to volunteer? To guess an image, I'm going to call on somebody. Come on, come on. All right, Fred, stand up, Fred. If you can't, if you can't, that's fine. I'm gonna, I have a $5 bill, okay? Now, I'm going to show you the image on a $5 bill. Do you know who's on a $5 bill? Who's that? Abraham Lincoln. Oh, he didn't even need the image. So is he correct? Is that Abraham Lincoln on a $5 bill? Okay, Fred, there you go. Use it wisely. Maybe pay taxes with it. I don't know. But, okay, so you can sit down. Okay, you can sit down, Fred. One more volunteer. This may be the hardest one. Anybody else? Colden, you raised your hand. Yes, you did. Stand up. You know this. <laughs> Colden, stand up. You don't want to go? You don't want to go? Anybody else? Anybody else? I'm going to call. Bev, you want to? Okay, stand up. Now, I, in my pocket, I have a $10 bill, okay? You didn't hear Fred, did you? Okay. Do you know this image right there? Uh, I don't know. I don't recognize that. Gentleman. You don't recognize him. No. I didn't either at first. So, okay. Now you can phone a friend, Bev. <laughs> you phoned your husband. I did. Oh man. Okay. Do you know this image? What's his first name? That is correct. See. I looked up the $10 bill, and I looked, I was like, who is Alexander Hamilton? I didn't know that. I thought presidents were only on, but no, Alexander Hamilton, that is correct. He was the 
Treasury. Yes, oh, I. You know what? Don't, donate no, you're, you're, you use what you want. <laughs> so, you're going to see in the text, they, 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 they have to show Jesus a coin, and there's an image on a coin. You'll see that later. But we look at our money on the U.S. money, and we look at things, and do you recognize the images right away on coins or dollar bills? I don't, okay? I didn't know Alexander Hamilton. I was like, he's not a president. Who is it? So we look at coins or money and we look at it and we see the image of somebody in history that they put on the coin or the money, right? Now, for those of you who know the money, what's the inscription on the back? The main inscription on the back? In God we trust, right? Do you think we do that today? As U.S. citizens? On our money we have, in God we trust. That's the inscription. You're going to see an inscription on the coins as well in the Roman coins. It's not in the Bible, but I'll bring it up later. Okay, The inscription on the coin, they show Jesus. There's something about divine on there, just so you know. On their money too. But it's not about God. But we see images in money, and we know the images, and we're going to see it in the text. So I want you to turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 12. We're going to read it and then have a prayer. Now you know when Keith says there's a challenge, you're going to raise your hand more often, right? <laughs> no, no, that's not going to happen all the time. But I wanted to get your attention of images and what we look at and how we see people on pictures or money or things and what we do with it. You're going to see it in the text here. So this is Mark chapter 12, verse 13 through 17. Later they sent some of the Pharisees and Herodians to Jesus to catch Him in His words. They came to Him and said, Teacher, we know that you are a man of integrity. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. But you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? Should we pay or shouldn't we? But Jesus knew their hypocrisy. Why are you trying to trap me? He asked. Bring me a denarius and let me look at it. They brought the coin and he asked them, Whose image is this? And whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then Jesus said to them, Give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. And they were amazed at him. Let's pray before we dive into this text a little deeper. God, we come to you today, this morning, wanting to hear from you, wanting to hear from your word today. I pray that as we dive into this, that we would just have open ears and open minds to what you have for us today. To be able to go out and live out our faith in a much deeper way, in a more impactful way. God, we love your word. God, as the psalmist writes, teach us your decrees, God. Your words are sweet to our taste. We pray that your word will be a lamp to our feet and a light for our path.
God, be with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. In his autobiography, Andre Agassi writes this. When he was 19 years old, when he came on the tennis scene, a company comes to him and wants him to be his spokes, their spokesperson for commercials. Canon is the company, the picture company, the photo company. And this is what they want him to say in their commercial. It was a commercial, and the director puts me in a white suit, Andre writes, then has me drive up to the front portico in a white Lamborghini. This is a commercial, okay? Step out of the car, he says, turn to the camera, lower your black sunglasses, and say, image is everything. He goes on, image is everything? Yes, image is everything. Between takes, he looks around and he sees a former friend of his. And she comes up to him after the commercial, the set. And Wendy says, what was that slogan they kept making you say into the camera? Image is everything. What's that supposed to mean? Beats me, Andre says. It's for a camera company. And he continues to write, he says, Overnight the slogan becomes synonymous with me. Sports writers like, liken this slogan to my inner nature, my essential being. They say it's my philosophy, my religion, and they predict it's going to be my epitaph. They say I'm nothing but image. I have no substance because I haven't won a slam, which is a tournament. He hasn't won anything big. And then he continues, he says this, ubiquitous slogan and the wave of hostility and criticism and sarcasm it sets off it's excruciating i feel betrayed by the advertising agency the canon execs the sports writers the fans i feel abandoned when crowds boo when they yell image is everything i yell back as much as you don't want me here that's how much i don't want to be here he finishes the chapter and section that he just can't understand why this image, that this phrase is now him. The fans, the, the whoever is cheering for him or booing for him, they liken that commercial, that slogan with him. And he's not living up to that. Image is everything. And you'll see here, we just read it, there's something about image in this text. And you'll understand why. An image is everything, Andre Agassi writes. What's that supposed to mean? It means everything if you're talking about image of God. It means everything when we're talking about being image bearers of God. You see the title there, Image Bearers. Going back to creation, remember God created the world. He created everything that you see around Him. He gets to day six and who does He create? He creates humans. He says, let us make man in our own image. He created them male and female, right? In His image. 
Then you get to Psalm 139. If you know that Psalm, David is writing, where and how does God know us? David writes this in Psalm 139. He says, My frame was hidden, was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God knew us before we were even born. We're created by God in His image, correct? If you didn't know that before today, now you know it. You were created in the image of God. And we have a responsibility to be image bearers. David Garland in his commentary writes this, and you saw it when Jesus was teaching here in this passage. It was short. But David Garland writes, Jesus speaks God's truth with such utter conviction that people will listen. And you'll see that later, and you heard it probably, at the very end, they were amazed at him because of what he was saying. He taught with such utter conviction that people will listen. If you have a pen, I don't have it on the board, if you want to write this main point for today, is this. Image bearers of God live differently in this world. Image bearers of God live differently in this world. And who's created in the image of God? Who is? We are. That means everybody, right? So if we're created in the image of God, we should be living differently in this world. If we understand that. And I hope that we understand something a little differently from this passage as we go forward. So remember that main point. Let's get into the text here. So Jesus, it says, later they sent some of the Pharisees. Remember, Jesus was just with who? In the previous kind of section, He was with the chief priests, the teachers of the law, right? And they wanted, he said a parable against them and they were probably struck to the heart. He's speaking against us. So now we have to find a way to arrest him and kill him even more. But they were afraid, so they left him. And but now they sent some of the Pharisees and Herodians. They get this group together. They form a group and they want Jesus to, you know, they want to catch Jesus in something. They want warrant of arrest. So they're going to come ask him a question, okay? But you see that. In verse 13, you see, they sent some Pharisees and Herodians. And this is just interesting. This is a detail that you might not know. You have Pharisees, religious leaders. They know the law. You have Herodians. It's a separate group they didn't really like each other, okay? They weren't doing things together. They were doing their own things, and now what do you see? They are together. They, have, they come together. They, they, don't, they don't agree on everything. They just want to catch Jesus in something that He says. And they come to Jesus, okay? They begin their conversation here. They came to Him and said, Teacher, okay? They start the conversation to me, with uplifting, encouraging words, truthful words. They say, teacher, Jesus is a good teacher, right? 
Like I said before, he's probably the best teacher ever. But they say teacher. They respect Jesus as a teacher. They know he's an, he's an un, he, they understand him as a great teacher, a respectable teacher. And then they go, we know that you are a man of integrity. They proclaim that Jesus is a man of truth and honesty. And that he shows no partiality. He teaches the way of God in accordance with the truth. They speak words that are truthful about Jesus, correct? This is true about Jesus. The Greek word for integrity is aletheis. It means loving the truth, speaking the truth, truthful. So Jesus loves truth, speaks truth, and is truthful. Okay? And they know that. That's why they're saying it. They understand Jesus, who he really is. And then after the introduction words, okay? So they, now, most commentators, and I somewhat agree with them, they said they were kind of just kind of flattering Jesus to kind of, uh, is this a, they butter him up like, we're speaking good about you so that you will answer us how we want you to answer us. They were flattering Jesus. But look what they ask, okay? Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? Should we pay or shouldn't we? So they ask two questions. And even before we go on, this is another interesting thing. And I didn't know this till a commentator brought it out. And it's very interesting. And I thought about it and I was like, that is crazy. Listen to this. Walter Wessel says this in his commentary. Some Jews, example, the zealots, flatly refused to pay taxes because it was for them an admission of Roman right to rule. The Pharisees disliked paying it, but did not actively oppose it. Whereas the Herodians had no objections to it. The intent of this question was to force Jesus to a direct answer, identifying himself either with the zealots or with the Herodians. They're like, Jesus, we want to know, are you on this side or are you on this side? You can't be in the middle, Jesus, okay? You have to pick a, top, pick a side. But then I thought about, who's following Jesus? He chose who? Disciples, right? One disciple is a zealot. Simon, the zealot. And there's a tax collector, Matthew. These two know about taxes quite well. You have a zealot and you have a tax collector following Jesus. I wonder what they were listening to when they heard this question of like, is Jesus, should we pay the tax or not? You know? And these two followers of Jesus, they know a little bit about it. Just kind of interesting to me. And then Jesus, look at the end of verse 15. So they asked the question, should we pay or shouldn't we? And Jesus knew their hypocrisy. Oh, man. Has anybody looked at you before and said, I know your hypocrisy. And here's the truth. Nobody's ever said that to me, flat out. But Jesus knew their hypocrisy. He didn't say, I know you're lying or you're being a hypocrite. He just knew 
what they're doing was hypocritical. And then he says, why are you trying to trap me? What are you trying to do? I know that you're trying to trap me. So I'm going to answer a question, but just so you know, Herodians and Pharisees, I know what you're doing. <laughs> so they probably think, oh no, what's he going to say? But he asked them, or he told them, just bring me a denarius, okay? Bring me a denarius. This was a day's wage coin that people got. Bring me one so that I can look at it. And after they brought him the coin, look what Jesus says. So they brought the coin, and he asked them, whose image is this? And whose inscription is on the coin? Now the Greek word for image in this verse is icon. That's probably an English word, right? You know the English word? What's the English word for that Greek word? Icon. <laughs> the Greek word icon means an image, figure, likeness. The English word icon means a representation, image, emblems, symbol. So they bring a coin and it has an image on it. This symbol. This representation. And Jesus said, whose image is this on this coin? Like I said with the money. Whose image is this on the money? And the Pharisees and the Herodians, you know, remember last time they asked a question, or Jesus asked them a question, what did they have to do? They had to like talk amongst each other, like, how should we answer this? This one, they couldn't do that, okay? They just had to answer because Jesus said, Who's in, whose picture is this on the coin? They had no option but to say, Caesar, because it's there. We have to say Caesar. That This is a question that was so obvious that they had to answer Caesar. And then verse 17, oh, the inscription on there, you know what the, the, the inscription is? I'm not going to get it right because I didn't write it down. It's something about the divine is on one side, the divine, like the, the, his, the mother of Augustus or something. It's like the divine person, okay? The head of the, the Roman Empire. But it said divine on it, Okay? If you want to know for sure, I'll, I'll look it up. I'll get it. It's in my office somewhere, and I forgot to write it down. But it says divine person or the, the back of it, talking about the, the queen or, or the emperor's mom. But after they respond, so they say Caesar's because it's obvious. And then Jesus said to them, so they answer Caesar's, and he says, give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. What was the question they asked? Should we pay the imperial tax or not? And Jesus says, Give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. So the coins that have Caesar's image on it, the icon, should be given back to Caesar. That's what Jesus is saying. If it has Caesar's image on it, it's not yours, it's Caesar's. Okay? Jesus could have stopped there, right? That's, that answers their question, yes or no. Does that answer their question? Should we pay Caesar, the imperial tax to Caesar or not? And Jesus says, if it's Caesar's, you've got to give it to him. That answers the question, right? He could have stopped there and kept walking. But he goes a step further and adds, give back to God what is God's. 
They want to know about taxes, and he goes a, the very opposite of give God what's God's. Now, what does that mean? The text doesn't mention what they need to give back, does it? They know what to give Caesar. They have the coin in their hand that Jesus told them to bring. They know that is Caesar's. We know the money that we get from the U.S. Treasury that it's not ours. They give it back. But then they're kind of thinking, well, what is God? It doesn't tell us here. And as a reader of Mark, we're like, well, what are we supposed to give God? It doesn't tell us. And their reaction maybe says it all. They were amazed at him. They were amazed at him. And then you're thinking again, what are we to give back to God? Tertullian, an early church theologian, said this, Render unto Caesar the image of Caesar which is on the money, and, on, and unto God the image of God which is in man, so that thou givest unto Caesar money, unto God thine own self. David Garland, in his commentary, One may owe Caesar what bears his image and name, money. One owes God what bears God's image and name. Since we are created in the image of God and bear His name as children of God, we owe Him our whole selves. Michael Green states this in his commentary, The coin bears Caesar's image, give it back to Him. You bear God's image, so give yourself back to Him. Give to Caesar what is Caesar and give to God what is God's. We read, or you heard, way back in Genesis chapter 1, we're created in the image of who? God. We're created in the image of God. The Hebrew word for image in the Genesis passage for image is not icon. It's selim, to selim. It means image likeness of resemblance and the english english word image means this a visual representation of something exact likeness a tangible or visible representation image is everything andre agassi said to the camera and his friend asked him, what does that mean? And he says, I don't know. It's a camera company. What's it supposed to mean? Image is everything. Well, image bearers of God live differently in this world. How do we live differently according to this passage? And I think there's four ways we can gain from this passage how we are supposed to be living differently as an image bearer of God. Number one takeaway have integrity. They say, Teacher, Jesus, we know you're a man of integrity. Are we known to be people of integrity? Are we honest? Are we truthful? Be people of integrity. Number two, speak truth. Do we speak truth to people? Do we proclaim the truth of God's Word? Number three, Give God your life. 
Have we given God our life? Give back to God what is God's. We're created in His image. Are we giving our life back to God or not? And then number four, like these teachers and Herodians and Pharisees did, stand amazed at Jesus. And you probably are thinking of that song, I stand amazed at Jesus the Nazarene. Do we stand amazed at Jesus and say, Jesus, I've been reading about you in the gospel according to Mark for a long time now. You've done all these things. You said who you were and Peter proclaimed you're the Messiah. Do we stand amazed at Jesus? Or do we just say, like these Herodians and Pharisees, flattering Him, saying, we know you're all this, but we're trying to trap you. Do we stand amazed at Jesus? So, have integrity. Number two, speak truth. Three, give your life to Jesus or give your life to God. And number four, stand amazed at Jesus. Image bearers of God live differently in this world. And I wonder if every person in this world said this to themselves and said, image bearers of God live differently in this world and everybody understood that we're all created in the image of God and we believe that God is truthful in all this. If we all really believe that, what type of world would we be living in? We'd probably be back where there's unity, there's peace, there's no nothing that's harming people. If we all understood what an image bearer of God is supposed to live like. So remember this passage when we talk about what do we give God? Because it doesn't tell us in this text. Jesus just tells them, you've got to give back to God what's God's. Let's think about that as we study the Word of God, as we uh, talk with each other, as we build each other up in our faith, let's strive to just be image bearers that live differently in a world that's crazy. Is this world crazy? Chaotic? Sometimes you don't want to step outside. Sometimes you don't want to turn on any devices because you don't want any news coming in because it's all bad. But let's give God what is God's and that's your life think about that this week think about it for the rest of our lives as we live and look at people do you ever look at someone and that's the first thing you think of they're created in the image of God honestly I don't do that but what if we when we went out in this world and we looked at somebody and our first thought was that person's created in the image of God how are we going to treat them if that's our first thought? Probably like Jesus, right? If you've been with us, did he look at people and say, eh, I'm not going to help you? Did he say that? Who did he heal? Who did he teach to? Who did he help? Everyone. And that's what we need to be doing as image bearers of God. If you need space here today to pray, 
to join this Ferris family. If you're a Christian and follower of Jesus and you're like, I just don't have a church family and you want to join us, please do that today. And then the number one thing, if you haven't done this before, give your life to Jesus. Follow Jesus. Repent of your sins. Believe the good news about Jesus. He's the Savior, the Messiah. Be baptized or confess Him as Lord and Savior and say, you're the only one that can save. And then be baptized and raised to a new life. Forgiven. And the Holy Spirit now lives in you. And you can be an image bearer that lives differently in this world. And then you have family that is there for you too. So let's pray. God, when we think of image bearers, help us to remember that we are created in your image. And that image is supposed to be a visible representation of you. Help us to think about that today and this week as we go out into the world and look at people differently, interact with people differently because we're all created in God's image, your own image. So help us to think about the image bearers of God live differently in this world. And, and help us to remember Jesus' words. Give Back to God, what is God's? I pray for each listener that is here today and online. I pray that you would just continue to work in the hearts and minds of those that are hearing this today. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that leads and guides us. Thank you for your word that helps us understand who you are and helps us to understand how to live in this world. And most of all, thank you for Jesus. His death, burial, and resurrection that there's hope after death. There's hope in this world. Help us to proclaim Jesus to those around us. I pray for those who may need to make that decision that you would just that they would just cry out to you. Save us. Save me now. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand as we sing word of God speak.